Hello, I'm Yesenia Hiron, and I'm here with Angelica Rea, and today we're going to discuss the movie Sorry to Bother You by director Boots Riley. We're also going to be discussing some social problems that arise in the film, and race, talking about race, class, and gender as they relate to the film. So let's get started. So Angelica, what's something that stood out to you about the movie? So there were a couple of things that actually stood out to me. Um, one of the first things was that a lot of these people working in the telemarketing were being underpaid for the amount of work that they were putting into their job. So like they were working in telemarketing, like anybody was hired, but the catch was that they were only getting paid commission. So if they didn't make good calls and get money, then they weren't going to get paid. And that's very stressful for them because they constantly have that on their mind. Like, I have to make the money, I have to make the money. And um, that's like a lot of what happens today in society. People are being underpaid for the amount of work they're putting into the job. And a lot of these people don't think that they have the power to change that. A lot of people are scared to go against their jobs because they think, what if they fire me? What if they take me to court? A lot of people don't know their rights within their job. And... So that's something that continues to happen. Um, something else that stood out to me is the whole stick to the scripting that they constantly repeated throughout the movie. Um, we're encouraged to just follow norms today in society, like, you know, go to school, get a job, things like that. And um, that's something like people question it sometimes and they rebel, like in the movie. And um, that's because, like, in the movie, you see, like, they found out, like, all the things that were happening behind closed doors. And, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> what about you, Yusenia? What did you like? Okay, I just want to point out um, a quote that I got th from the book, Social Problems, Continuity, and Change. Corporations often engage in white-collar crime that costs hundreds of billions of dollars annually and in, results in tens of thousands of deaths. So um, I pretty much agree with, with what you're saying about the, about the movie. Um, the corporation, which was worry-free, was getting away with enslaving people and just breaking the laws, and there was, like, drugs involved and a lot of shady stuff going on. And since they were such a huge corporation, they were just able to get away with it, even have like a following, like people actually agreed with what they were doing. So that just, you know, points, points a lot to how society is like being brainwashed to think that these things are okay. Yeah, and that's kind of like the stick to the script thing, like society just thinks like well we just have to do it because everybody else is doing it just keep like but nobody really questions it and it's hard for people to create change like in the movie they were trying to change the system they were trying to establish the labor unions for fair pay and it's made to seem like something out of this world to receive fair pay the only way for this to happen was to aggressively fight for it. Like the strikes that they did and the riots and everything that happened to try to get a change. And it still didn't happen. Yeah. So next, we're going to talk about social problems. And one thing that I found was very relevant was media. In a separate reading, 
we saw how media portrayals of strikes focus on the inconveniences of the workers striking rather than the reasons behind. Um, in the movie, we saw that the media coverage focused on the strikers blocking the replacement workers rather than the reasons why they were there. So they weren't really worried about why they were mad, why they were striking, like what their point for point, point behind was, was like they were just worried about how they were blocking the new workers. Just they really just wanted a some entertainment. Yeah. And you talking about the protest actually brings in something else that I noticed. Um, you know how they were protesting and stuff. Like they were there every day protesting, yet these people were still going into work. They didn't care what that they were protesting and stuff. Yeah, and the media didn't care either. And so like they have this issue that continues to go on and the people continue to strike for it. Yet nothing is changing. And that's like something that we see like today in the media. Like people have issues like the like how people striked for gun violence and stuff like that. And they had like continuous strikes going on, yet nothing was changing. Like the media didn't care to change anything about it. And that's like a social issue that's very relevant today in society. Right. And I also want to point out that during these protests, they make some really good points. Um, the media doesn't pay attention to any of that. Um, during the in the movie, during one of their protests. They were talking about healthcare and STD testing, and workers were demanding access to these. And this should be like, this is a really big social problem. And there was like no media coverage about that. Yeah. And it's crazy because you would think like the STD testing and stuff, like that should be like already mandatory in the job. Like when you get it, like you should be able to have these benefits already, yet they don't have them. Um, something else I thought was interesting was just like I discussed earlier in the book discussion, how the corporations profit off of workers and like the workers are not seeing like the money, like they're putting in all their hard work, yet they're not seeing no paychecks or anything. And that's kind of like what happened, um, when they were all grouping up and deciding that they were going to do that protest in the middle of work, they were going to say phones down. And after that happened, the managers, they were calling in people individually and cash. Um, I feel like they just wanted to remove him from the issue. Um, you know how they told him like, oh, now you're going to be upstairs. You're going to be making the big money and stuff. But I feel like they did that on purpose because cash was an important figure to these workers. And they looked up to him. So they feel like oh, if we remove cash, he's going to be happy. He's going to be making his money. And these workers um, were just going to keep treating them wrong. We're just going to keep not paying them. And that's like something that I feel like does happen. We probably don't hear about it as often because the media is not talking about it, but it is definitely something that's happening. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about the film in terms of race, class, and gender. And the first thing I want to point out is the white voice thing. Like, he was not making any sales using his regular voice, like... He was just, he kept getting, people kept hanging up on him and stuff. And it wasn't until the guy next to him told him, like, you need to use your white voice. Um, you need to act like you're, I guess, like, he's a rich white man. Because he told him, like, just act like you're okay. Like, you don't care if you make this sale or not. You're going to walk outside. And 
get into your Ferrari. And that's kind of when he started doing that, that's when he started making sales, that's when he started making money. And that kind of just like proves that like today in society, you have to be white and rich to make it and to like have all this money. And that connects to the whole white privilege thing with um, the worry-free um, leader, Steve Lift, even after all the riots and everything, and everybody found out about the horse people at the end of the movie. He was just chilling in his big house and his nice room. Like, he didn't go to court. He didn't get arrested. He didn't get charged with nothing. Like, he was just chilling. So that's something that I thought was important. Yeah, I totally agree because, like you said, he didn't get charged with anything. And then it was the horse people that he was making (laughs) and manufacturing to help him, right? that are the ones that, that took revenge at the end, took justice into their own hands. So that's, that's totally true. Um, I want to talk about generalizations because when Cash was invited to Steve Lift's party when he was, in, when he was promoted at first, um, Steve Lift, um, he had this whole like different character towards him. Like he didn't trust him at first. Like he didn't even want to shake his hand. And, um, and he also like asked him, he's like, Hey, since you're not, you're not from around here, you're not like, you're basically like, you don't belong. Like what, what's something you can tell me, like tell him a story. And Cash literally said like, there's nothing, nothing interesting. And, um, the just because he was black, Steve Lift assumed that he knew how to rap, and that's totally a generalization, right? They're not all black people know how to rap, so I just wanted to point that out. All right, um, that's actually a pretty good point that you made, and um, you know something else that I want to point out um, in reference to Cash is that he, yeah, he was like very poor and stuff, and when he started moving up. Um, you know, he started like leaving his friends behind and like he moved to a different class. Yeah, he was moving up in the class. He was hanging like with all like the rich white people and stuff. And his friends told him like, you're not supporting us anymore. You don't care. Like, you're like chilling with them. Like, you don't care about us anymore. And, um, you know, he even told them he was like, well, my uncle's going to lose his house. And I remember Cash owed his uncle four months of rent and he like he wanted to help him. And that's, like, something that, like, is important to discuss because obviously when you need the money, like, you don't care. Like, you're going to do what you can to make the money. And that's, like, something that probably does happen. Like, people are making money and their friends don't agree with it maybe because they're jealous or because of what the corporation stands for but in the end money is money and like it blinds people right it changes people and i want to discuss gender so in the movie men are portrayed as the leaders right we have steve lift we have um all the managers that were men and when it comes to women the new manager that was hired I felt like she was portrayed in a way where she had to use her sexuality to like probably get there. And, you know, that's a big problem that we see today. Like a lot of women, they have, there's not a lot of women in power and 
they feel like they have to work twice as hard to get to where the men are. So that's that's something that I wanted to point out. That was that's a good reference to gender, but um, I want to talk about class and um, the lower class workers and how like they didn't know that they were part of like this horrible corporation. Like um, they were poor and they needed a job, and like when you need a job, if somebody offers you a job, you're gonna take it because you need money, right? You need money to live. So um, they didn't know like all the bad things that went along with this corporation until after when they started having like the strikes and stuff. But first they just got the job because they were like, I need a job. But yet they didn't know they were part of a corporation that was doing all these horrible things and was actually working against them. And I want to talk about like conflict theory. I feel like the whole movie just relates to how um, the, the, the rich, basically the economic elite people just control the economy and they, in regards to that, they control the workers and that's how they stay, like that's how the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor because they're just, they they own everything. They, they, they're the ones that make all the decisions. They, it's just, So um, that's pretty much all we had to say for this podcast. Um, I'm sorry to bother you. I think that all of the things that we discussed about in terms of the movie are things that are real today in our society. And I think we should pay attention and put light to these things and make them important because they're all very important social issues. Um, This movie, Sorry to Bother You, I don't think it was popular right because i didn't hear about it did you have you ever seen it i don't know like i mentioned to you earlier i did watch it but it's not like i didn't get the same reaction i did to the second time that i watched it oh now that i'm in this class now that you're seeing it in different light yeah and i think there's many other movies like this that you know portray important issues and they put light to these issues get they're not popular i don't know any other movies that are popular like that they're not they're not being portrayed in the media i feel like because the media doesn't want these things to be known or showed right they don't want us to expose the true reality of what society is actually like because the media can kind of be like a cover like they only show like what's convenient for them what what is considered entertainment in their eyes they don't show like the truth behind the curtain or what's the truth like behind closed doors and I think that um with the reading along with the reading that we do need social reforms and it would be important to involve stricter enforcement of laws against racial discrimination discrimination in hiring and employment of penalties for corporate kind corporate crime yeah that's a very good point um so i think that's all we have to say um i'm angelica rea i'm yesenia hiron and thank you for listening to our podcast thank you